0: Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit. You're listening to the Cat's Meow Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat's Meow. My name is Sharon, and I'm here with my co-host, Deidre the Essence-Smith. What's up, Deidre? Hey hey, 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 now. Good to
0: see you. Good to see everybody.
1: And we have one of my favorite people in the entire world, Sophia Chu. Yes. I, I text Sophia, and I said, um, can you do the... Because pro- Sophia be busy like us. <laughs> and Sophia like a big wig, you know what I okay. mean? So I was like... <laughs> I was like, I wonder if she got a few minutes just on a Sunday morning to come <laughs> to bless us. and kick it with us for a minute. And she yeah. responded quickly, like, yes.
2: Yeah, I you know, will. I got your back, baby. I
1: love Sophia so much. Sophia, <laughs> well, welcome to the show first. I'm like I'm getting excited. Let me slow down. But well, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. I appreciate
2: you having me, man.
1: Sophia is so dope. So I you know, it's a couple people. Sophia and then we talked about um when Kathy was here. Yeah. We talked about the doctor yeah. and these, are, they're like two women. Yeah. I don't, I can't describe what they do cause they do so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sophia, I'm, I'm going to tell you all why I love Sophia, but Sophia, just tell us about who you are and what you do.
2: So that's a loaded question. See? I'm a Jamaican. I have about 70 jobs. So we have to, <laughs> like I told you, you have to lead the conversation where you want it to go. I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica, downtown Kingston. I migrated to the United States, the great state of Connecticut, at the age of 16. Hmm. And that's when I discovered I was black. (laughs) Because all them years, I thought I was Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward, served in the military for eight years in Desert Storm, Desert Shield. Um, Moved to Miami. I was married to a gentleman from Detroit at the time. And, you know, they say you fall in love with a by accident or purposefully. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in Detroit where I actually grew up and became a mother, raised my kids here. I've been here over 27 years, love the spot, kind of found my niche here, went down some avenues I didn't even know that were open to Mm -hmm. me, met Mm -hmm. some fabulous people, but you know, still struggle with the weather every (laughs) winter.
0: (laughs) Even natives do. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: One of the cool things that I found out first, though, when I came to Detroit was the um, cultural underbelly that the city has. Um, It's never spoken about. You actually have to live here to experience it and understand it. I found out that Caribbean people have been here since the 1800s. And we have our own spots here. Mm -hmm. Sharon goes to one of my spots every now and again (laughs) to get some good food. I do. Uh, But organizationally, we have been here since the 1920s. We have some of the oldest um, organized associations, the Western and American Association Hall. Mm -hmm. That's on the east side. Been there since 1974. Mm -hmm. We do Caribbean carnivals here every year, Mm -hmm. the second weekend in August. Mm -hmm. And... um, I worked with some really dope friends to start a Caribbean Community Service Center mm-hmm. in 2017 mm-hmm. that focused on um, community service and community advocacy work. Because a lot of times people know Caribbean people as partiers and socialites, those so kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So we had to delve into rooms and spaces that we were never even talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the highlight of my experience here is to open the eyes of folks that did not know that we were here Mm. to let them know that we've been here, we're going to stay here, and we're going to help making changes here. Yeah, and
1: Sophia is the executive director of the Caribbean Community Service Center. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you meet somebody and you instantly connect with them, and I think that's what happened with me and Sophia, and I'm telling you, and I say this all the time, like, I am trying to figure out where I am Jamaican. I got to be. <laughs> they embrace No, <laughs> seriously. Like, they, you know, with, with my job, I go into a lot of different communities and things like that. But Sophia and the Caribbean community, like, they have embraced me. Like, I'm like, I got to be a part of this some kind of way because it, it just feels so right. And you learn so much in things like that, you know. So I just really admire... All of the stuff you do, like, you know, even you like you as a mother, your kids are phenomenal. Um, you know, the work you do, she, you, I don't know, you own like all of these flyers. You know, the flyer <laughs> with she does, she does like some government stuff. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you really, I don't know what all she does, but I know she does a lot. She's an author. She's written several yeah. books. You have a um, reading coming up soon too, don't yes, you?
2: Yes, I have a um, poetry reading. Mm-hmm. on March the 14th, which is on a Sunday yep. from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And it's a, a mixture of virtual and in-person. And I'm having it at this coolest place. Mm-hmm. It's called DDG Events. Mm-hmm. It's on the west side of Detroit on McNichols at the corner of Rutherford. Mm-hmm. It's owned and operated by a sister. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she does it like a work space also. So you can pay monthly and use the address there and have your meetings there. Oh, that's so cool. it's a place worth, you know, just visiting and supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I, I can send you guys the link too because mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you can register so I can see if you're coming in person because we're having snacks, Caribbean snacks, mm-hmm. for folks that actually show up. Mm-hmm. And then there's a virtual portion of it. And then we'll send the Zoom link closer to the event.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, she did mention that I frequent the, I'm telling you, like, I am all, I know they like girl, but really <laughs> trying to figure out where I fit in. And the first time that I had Snapper was at Carnival mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they had like all of this food and I think I went, me and Corona and Nick's went mm-hmm. and I took my friends cause that's when Corona was at MoCAD mm-hmm. and we left MoCAD and I was like, well, I'm about, they were like, what you about to do? I said, I'm about to go down here to Carnival mm-hmm. with, yeah you know, hang out. And Sophia and them was nice, and I had this table, and um, she was like, get some food, get some food, you know, because I love to eat, so they like to feed, so I'm going to eat. <laughs> and I just, that was the first time that I had the snapper, yeah. and so y'all know I love cooking, right? Yes. So I think, I think that I figured it out.
2: Yeah, you're doing good. I Watch your stuff, man. I want to come over to your house. And it's, it's good. <laughs> can I tell it's you? It's good. I can attest you know, to it. And I was going to bring you some. You remember I was telling you to try to find scotch bonnet peppers? Mm-hmm. I was gonna bring some to you because that's one of them staples in a Caribbean household. Ooh. It's fine. And they call them habaneros in Krogers. Okay. So there's the little bitty um, orange-looking peppers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but they pack a punch, like wow.
1: I bet. <laughs> I bet.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So another thing about Sophia. So her son, I'm, I'm a fan of her son's. He has a song. He had a a lot of songs, but he yeah. had this, one song going on um. Um, Queen of Slim soundtrack. Yeah, frame. hmm And so when my friends come over, I'd be like, Hey, listen, listen to yeah. this. I know his mom. <laughs> you know? But his music is so cool, it um I don't know, he just has such a cool vibe. And I met him in person.
2: Yeah.
1: And he was just the quietest guy. Mm-hmm. And he was just off in the corner and, and then you listen to him and then it's this explosive voice. So mm. you know.
2: So I have two sons. Mm-hmm. Um Marcus. Mm-hmm that lives here in Michigan still, mm-hmm. and he is a chef by trade. Oh. And um, he introduced me to um, Between the Lines magazine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they had their first moved it, I think they moved it from Ferndale to Detroit for the first year. Okay. Him and a friend, and I've known these, these young men since they were like in middle school. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing to watch them grow up and own their space and you know just develop into who they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and it was a heart plaza and i had on my um blt BTL shirt and they gave me the magazines to hang out and finally back they pulled me back there's like you're doing too much you, 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 you're just doing too much. Can you stand? But I'm like, I came down here to help out. <laughs> They're like, no, you're doing too much. Mom, just, just sit That's over there. That's love. <laughs> That's love, absolutely. And then um, Christopher is choker. He goes by choker. And mm-hmm. I remember when Chris, he was a soccer phenom, so I just knew he was going to college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you paid for all the training, all the camps, this and that. So, When he was in high school, his last year of high school, he came to me. He said, Mom, you know what? I think I'm going to stop playing soccer and um, concentrate on my music. I said, concentrate on your what? (laughs) Your your music? (laughs) I'm like, boy, that don't even make any sense. (laughs) But my mother, being the mother, you know how grandmothers are, Mm -hmm. Sharon? Mm, I do. They allow their grandkids to get away with stuff they would never let you get away with. absolutely. So my mother said to me, he's not in any trouble. He's not out there doing anything bad. Mm -hmm. Leave the boy to do what it is that he wants to do. So she taught me off the ledge with this kid. (laughs) So before you know it, I heard, and you know how kids are, right? Mm -hmm. So before you know it, I had a mixing board I bought him, Mm -hmm. guitar his aunt had bought him. Mm -hmm. All this stuff in the basement. He had an actual studio in the basement. Mm. So I used to hear music going on three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm texting him like, I'm I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear the stuff over and over and over and over again. And then he did everything by himself. He does everything by himself. He creates his own music. Mm -hmm. He writes, he raps. He directs, he produces, he has this cool little team that he created. Mm-hmm. They packed up their car and moved to California mm-hmm. in a Ford Fusion, <laughs> him and Tyler. <laughs> so now, just to watch where he is by, as a parent, allowing them to live their dreams, it has made me realize that if he can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I decided to publish my books. Mm. Because I'm like, if people don't notice about me now, too bad. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have published six books. Mm-hmm. You know, people always worry about Corona, this, Corona, that. Corona did me well. Okay. I sat in one place yes. and was able to figure okay. out how don't to we get. don't talk to about the that often? Step. That's yeah. right. We talk about that You often. can take so this self-puff. time to transform, can I reinvent you? yourself. Can I tell
0: you? Yes. If you did not take this opportunity to reinvest in yourself, reassess some things, and recalibrate, you wasted time. You wasted the time. And that's
2: why we were given this time.
0: Yes. Yep. Maybe we have some of the titles to those books so people can check them out.
2: So the first one is Sophia's Book of Love. Mm-hmm. That's a little, um, some folks, are, some of them are on the raunchy side, but that's mm-hmm. all right. That's okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> so then it. there's a trilogy, I Am, Volume 1, 2, and 3. So that kind of shows you my growth over time. And um, the visuals on the front is the first photo. The photo for the first book, I was probably about five or six years old, living in Jamaica. And then so you can see not only the growth in the book, but on the pictures on the front too, you can see me at different stages of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, The one, two, three, four. The fourth one is called Soulful Expressions. Mm -hmm. And then the last one that I did in December was called Love Abound. Mm. So there's six of them.
1: Yeah. See, so I know Sophia had a book. I didn't know, and then she's like,
2: "No, nah, I'm sick." See, and that's God. what I struggle with still. <laughs> and this. I want
0: to say, I think, I think I may have one of your books. Somebody may have gifted me soulful expressions because I want to say I may have that. I have to go through some things because I get my mail and my gifts and things, and things have come for my birthday recently. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig through and, and check that out.
1: Oh, wow. Well,
2: yeah, that's all right. How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. feels so dope.
2: Yeah. What I struggle with, though, is the, um, the self-marketing. Mm. Yeah, me too. So I was telling you earlier, I'm a part of this mastermind um, group that meets on Sunday mornings for 16 weeks. We're doing our seventh week. And interestingly enough... We talked about um, your wins this morning. How do you celebrate yourself? Mm -hmm. What it is that makes you dope? Mm -hmm. Not what anybody else um, tells you that you are. Mm -hmm. From the the, the life that you have lived, the roads you have traveled in your journey up to today. What is it that makes you dope? Mm -hmm. And you have to internalize that because Mm -hmm. we always think about what others say about us Mm Versus who we truly are and what we give to the world. Mm -hmm. So I had to think about it. I'm like, okay, so I mentioned a couple of things. And she said to me, you're missing the most critical part. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you're organized to a fault. (laughs) (laughs) She said, there's so many things that you do right that makes other people's life so easy. How do you don't talk about that? I said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because... We're never, at, at least in our culture, we're never raised to celebrate who we are. Mm-hmm. It's always about what other people think about us, mm-hmm. right? Versus living our truth. When you get up, live your truth from the day you wake, from the moment you wake up till when you go to bed. Mm-hmm. The noise outside, you have to ignore the noise outside because some that that drives you into a journey or situation that you don't even really need. Mm-hmm. You know, so think about, who you are. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Because whatever difference you can make in your life, people will see that and try to make those changes, you know, if they deem it fit for their lives.
1: I think that, um, <clears throat> I think, cause you know, I don't know. And, and Deidre and I talk a lot about me and, and just the, the place that I am, like mm-hmm. it's very surreal. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, when I was, I went to Cass Tech and, and Mr. Williams was the Dean of Students and he, Said basically, well not basically. He said, "You'll never be shit." Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you understand? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? What that can do to a 16 year old who already had low self esteem mm-hmm. and all of the other things that had happened. What that did, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now I don't think it. I don't think I carry it. I remember, and so for so long that helped. You know, that was one of the things that held me back. Mm-hmm. And so now here I am in this place and, you know, people talk about what I do. And in the midst of doing what you do, you're just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking like there's no plan. Like, okay, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you right. know, no, you you opportunities present themselves. I mean, hell, we on a damn podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I, who would have thought? You know what I'm saying? Where's and, this and, gentleman at? And I can do <laughs> whatever I want to do on my podcast. Right. You know, it, it, there are no restrictions But to be in those places, like, there was no master plan. Things presented themselves, and and you did it, and you're doing it, and you're not thinking about all of that. And you're not realizing what other people see until they say it, and then when they say it, you're like, what are you talking about? I'm just doing, you know, because I think some people, when you get to certain points, put you on these pedestals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nah, like, I'm trying to struggle and figure out the day just like you. Absolutely. But then they're looking at you for an answer. Right. Because you appear to have it all together. Right. And you you on these flyers, and these mm-hmm. people are talking to you, and they want you to talk to them. And what is the key? And you like the key? I don't know. Hell, like I just woke up this morning. I had a hangover. I'm just trying right. to make it. And 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 I think we have to settle down and really try to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Because when you do get placed in those positions and and have the platforms that we have, it's it's an honor. Right.
2: Yeah. But
1: it's also a responsibility.
2: Yeah.
1: And just like we see people. And we've seen people that have, that have soared or, you know, doing the things that we wanted to do at some point and now we're doing it. We have to realize somebody's watching.
2: Right. That's right.
1: And what can I give them to help them get to the next level? Yeah. What can I say to show some appreciation for it and be very intentional about what I say and what I do? Because as much as we hate to admit it, people watching. Right. That's right. I think it goes back to what you were saying, Miss Sophia, with...
0: The intentionality of owning all of your truth each right. day you wake up. And I think in doing that, <clears throat> you're so focused on your assignment that you naturally fall into, and you're granted the ability to operate in your passion, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that, I think um, when you're operating in your truth, other people are not necessarily hounding you for answers. But they want to know what's that magic you possess and how can I get some of that magic. And they don't understand that it is an intentionality of waking up and choosing to stay on your own path at your own pace with your own course. And the
1: sacrifices. Yes. And those sacrifices. People don't understand the sacrifices. And
0: that's why they need to know that your walk is specifically designed and tailor fitted for you because they won't be able to make the sacrifices that you've made. That's why they shouldn't covet Right. What you have, you know, after your work is done and us them. Right. But it's it's so much power in waking up and saying, this is who I am. I'm owning it. Not only that, but I'm living in it. And because I'm living in it in sincerity and honesty, mm-hmm. it's going to be a benefit to not only myself, but everybody around me. Right. And it's a very, once you own yourself in your entirety- it becomes a selfless act. You do take the focus off of you because you know who you are. You don't right. have to prove it to anybody. Right. And then it emanates from you. That truth and that sincerity emanates from you. And it's like what we talk about, Sharron, It's that moth to a flame. Mm-hmm. People become moths to your flame. Right. And they want to know what is it about you. And then you can go on to educate them about, well, really, it's what is it about you. Right. What do you have? You have a, a particular flame. It's not mine, mm-hmm. but you got your own flame. Mm-hmm. And if you choose, like you said, Miss Sophia, to operate in that flame daily, choose to not try to be me, to not try to be them, but to be you. Right. And all that encompasses. You're going you're gonna to emanate that same
2: stuff that you Absolutely. see Absolutely. And you have to do everything out of love, right? And mm-hmm. you have to do everything purposefully. You have to understand that humanity is fragile. Mm-hmm. What you say to somebody, you may say without even thinking, but you have destroyed that person to the core because you didn't think about what you were saying before you said it.
0: Yes.
2: You know, think about how you would feel if you're in somebody else's position when you talk to somebody, yeah. you know? So don't just say something because you're angry. If you realize that you're angry and somebody is asking <clears throat> you consistently about this particular thing, step away from it. Mm. You don't have to respond right away. Make sure you're in a happy place, a place of loving, to have that conversation with anybody about anything. Because once you say those words, Mm. you cannot take them back. So always make sure it's words of love, wholesome words that you're sharing with people. That's why I'm very deliberate when I write. I think about how it makes me feel before I put it on paper, because I don't want ever to have somebody say, I made them feel negative or I made them feel bad Or I made them feel so horrible about what they were thinking or what they were doing. Mm -hmm. There's a way to say or a way to talk to people all the time. And it has to be from a place of love and non-judgmental. To me, that's the worst thing you can do is to judge anybody based on how God created them. You know, because we all came here to serve a purpose. I didn't come here to serve your purpose, nor did you come here to serve mine. So we have to make sure that we stay in our lane. If you open your heart and your mind to what the world has to offer, you can figure out what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes you longer. Sometimes you just have to pay attention. And it don't have to make sense to anybody else. It has to make sense to you. But always think of operating out of a place of love because that's what we're created to do. You know, to take care of each other, to love each other, to treat each other like humans. Mm-hmm. You know, we go into spaces sometimes where they act like they didn't even know that you existed. Mm-hmm. But they want you in that space because you check the boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're female. Mm-hmm. You're brown skin. You're an immigrant. But you're in that space and they're not listening to you. So I just exit those spaces. Mm-hmm. That's not a space for me. Because I'm not going to be your totem. Not today. Mm -hmm. You know, once I figure that out, I'm moving out of that space because I can spend my time better somewhere else. I'm not going to stop my growth or my journey towards my purpose for anybody. Mm -hmm. That's a waste of time, waste of energy. Mm -hmm. Who knows if I'm going to get up tomorrow morning to serve that little piece that could have served yesterday. Mm. So I exit myself from spaces where I am not comfortable. You know, spaces where... They want us to fit into this box or to check these, you know. I still go into spaces in Detroit, and they say they didn't know that Caribbean people were here. Really? Oh, Really? <laughs> you know, this is 2021. We've been here since the 1800s. You know, and back to your story, you may very well have Caribbean heritage. I'm trying to find it. it. You know, because a lot of us, we came here for the auto industry,
1: mm-hmm.
2: back when it first got started, you know, and us as brown skinned people, we always go where there is a better life for us and our families. So that's how come so many of us ended up in the North.
1: I've always admired. It. So coming up, my mom, when I was younger, had a lot of um, friends. Most of them were like from Toronto and stuff. And they were Jamaican, uh, West Indy, uh, mm-hmm. Trinidad. And, you know, and they would come over, especially when the big Caribbean was used to go down Woodwork mm-hmm. and all of that. And I don't know, like, I was just always fascinated with them. Uh, Like, I knew we were all black. Okay. But it was just something about the closeness and the connection and the way that they um, networked with each other and the way that they looked out for each other. It was different than the black Americans that I, you know, engaged with. It was just always, like, caring community with the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. with the Caribbean um, community here. And not just here, but you know, in Toronto and everywhere else. Um, and I have always admired that. And so <clears throat> when I met Sophia and then I, you know, went to some things and just interact and I met people through Sophia and things like, it's. Just, I'm telling you, like, it's intense the way that that you all communicate with each other and that community thing that, mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't have that, African-Americans. We just don't. Some of us do, but for the most part, I think that if the community engaged that way mm-hmm. we would be so much further um and I don't feel that warmth like when I'm with the Caribbean community even if the warmth is the warmth isn't on me I see it it's, yeah with you all and 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 you know black people we we from the east side I'm from the west. no you know all of the they say I'm from Barbados I'm from Jame-, you know and they celebrate you know their homeland but it is a serious sense of community as a whole
2: Yeah, and we do, and, you know, there's a lot of things that we do as a community, too, that um, we are intentional about. So we, um, because if we don't have anybody else, we have each other, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a part of holding on to that cultural identity and um, celebrating who we are because we love home. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for what we were told America was... Mm -hmm. Land of the free, home of the brave, you come here, you go make money, this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're told back home. So a lot of us want to come here because of that. If not us, our parents did. That's how we ended up here. Mm-hmm. So we're very intentional about holding on to our cultural identities. So in addition to doing the um, Caribbean festival, The um, second weekend in August, we also do a Caribbean family reunion Mm -hmm. at Rouge Park. It's the last Saturday in June. Oh, yeah, I've been. Yeah, and that's so much fun. So you see all the kids grow up. Mm -hmm. You know, they're now parents. You know, you get to try foods from all different Caribbean countries that are there. So we just go from each other's tent and eat and laugh and party and have a good, good time. Mm -hmm. You know, but one of the things that my organization has been more intentional about is um dealing with the advocacy and the and the community Mm -hmm. service portion of it the um professional development you know let people know what the businesses are that we own so we can support each other and help people start and operate businesses um the educational portion of it we do uh melanin girls program that works with kids, young ladies, age 10 through 14, because we kind of try to catch them before they go crazy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to teach them
1: (laughs) about about um,
2: how to celebrate their ancestry. You know, you're Jamaican. What is it about Jamaica that you love? Mm -hmm. You know, teach them about the different countries. Have them choose and represent a country, you know, that they want to learn about. Mm -hmm. So like the Jamaicans, we tell them, you can't choose Jamaica. You have to Mm -hmm. choose a different country. Mm -hmm. And then you bring them into spaces like I have access to certain spaces that our typical community wouldn't get into. Mm-hmm. So we have this young lady of um, Jamaican and Canadian descent. And um, her name, she's another artist. Her, she goes by Shy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she was from, she was about 11 or 12. She sings the national anthem for the, um, when USCIS, does their um, citizenship, mm-hmm. um, annual citizenship with the City of Detroit Immigration Task Force. She's the one that comes every year and sings the national anthem. So now people are knowing more about our community that's here. She has this really cool song called Afro Puffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's another independent artist out of our community. Yeah, You know. So, but you know, we are working also this is a newer relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We're working with the Michigan Nonprofit Association on the redistricting of Michigan. A lot of people pay, don't pay attention to that, and it, especially brown-skinned people, immigrants, we don't pay attention to that, but we have to. They get the numbers from the census, and then based on the numbers that are counted, they try to redistrict politically mm-hmm. this, the, um, the state of Michigan and you may lose a seat or a representation in your city if you're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to us this year, and we jumped on it. It was like, "Look here, we need to tell everybody that we know that we need to get involved, to learn, to find out how we can support efforts to make sure our communities are are safe when it comes to representation. Mm-hmm. You know, but these are spaces that We're so busy sometimes living our daily lives, struggling, trying to make it through every day that we missed these opportunities. And then we wonder how come that school don't belong to us anymore? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, how come we don't have access to that particular thing anymore? Because when they were doing the planning, you weren't at the table. So you were ignored. They didn't even know you existed. You know? So our job as community leaders is to make sure that our folks are represented Mm
1: -hmm. you know
2: so when we're now when we first started out with the city of detroit immigration task force they never mentioned the caribbean they dissected the caribbean and africa Mm -hmm. so what they did was they had um the sub saharan africa was what they said and this is in the resolution and then they had haiti how can you talk about Haiti and not the rest of the Caribbean? <laughs> How can you talk about sub-Saharan Africa, and you have folks from every country in the continent of Africa mm-hmm. living here in, in the city of Detroit? Right. right. So if we were not at the table, it would have went forward like that. Mm-hmm. But because we were at Sadie, Sadie mm-hmm. and I are at the table, you know, we taught them or educated them in what it needs to look like. Because they think they're doing something good. But if they don't know, they don't know. So you have to educate them. You know, and again, it's not being forceful. It's having conversations, doing storytellings, telling people about, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so they now are a part of your life and a part of your story instead of just saying, looking from the distance and say, well, the Caribbean didn't say anything about, you know, they weren't involved and we had it out there. So it's up to us to seek the truth for ourselves, not wait for somebody to feed it to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told you she was dope. She's so
2: yeah. dope.
0: I goes back into what you were talking about earlier on our last podcast about not assuming that you know mm-hmm. when you are planning for districts and people. Mm-hmm. Actually mm-hmm. listen to the people to hear what they mm-hmm. want to disclose to you the best
1: yeah. to yeah. serve them. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's and fine. that's what I like about the the um a lot of the women of color that are in politics now in the mm-hmm. city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. That whole concept of door knocking, going and talking to it the works. residents, that is one of the coolest, most phenomenal things. Because oh Rashida
1: my gosh. did it. Yeah. You know, Rashida did it. You know, and that's, that's, people, mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things, like, people come to me for answers. I'm like, I don't know. I just sit in the room and listen. So, you know, and I, and I try to surround myself with people like Sophia and Dr. Simmons and, you know, all of that. I'm, I'm learning. I just mm-hmm. want to soak it all up, you know, because I make mistakes. You know, I'm learning. I'm you learn learning from and, each other. Yeah. yeah. You know, some of the stuff I used to say, I don't necessarily say anymore, even though I want to. I just <laughs> inbox, it to, I inbox it to people. Now, I don't really put it on the, on the... I erase a lot. But, you know, I mean, you just learn. I want to go back to what you said about what you all do with the young girls Mm -hmm. and about just having pride in your history and your community. Um, I wish we did that. Like, you know, we had, we were doing diversity equity and inclusion training at at my job before COVID before, Mm -hmm. you know, George and Brianna and all of that. And, you know, that was one of the things that I told them, if you really want to know what it feels like to be me, let me put that in, you know, let me, let me paint a picture for you. Mm-hmm. I can't go back past a certain, my great-grandmother, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I started from. I don't know why I do some of the things that I do. You know, anthropology, all of that kind of stuff is important, right? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But imagine if I could. Imagine if I knew, like, my history mm-hmm. or where I came from or what my ancestors were good at, mm-hmm. which would make sense as to why I'm good at some things mm-hmm. and not good at others, and can really focus that. Or the elders in my community really took me in, you know what I'm saying, and showed me love. And even when I was defiant or resistant, forced me to learn about me. Because mm-hmm. I may not appreciate it. I mean, I ain't going to appreciate it today because all of those are stupid. Mm-hmm. And you all are wasting my time. And I want to be on social media and TikTok, and I want to make videos. I don't care about this today. mm mm-hmm. But do you understand how far that can get you later? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I, that's why I say I, I appreciate the way things are. I appreciate what y'all do, you know, and, and, and I swear if, if I could find my end, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in there. But, we, we we, we catch them yeah,
2: crazy. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, especially, especially girls. Yeah. 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 Look here. The ones that, it's funny because years later,
0: some um, children that I've mentored, And you see the eye rolling Mm -hmm. and the mouth popping and the dismissiveness of it all. But then they come years later,
1: and you get that message. Mm -hmm. I remember what you told Mm -hmm. me. And I see why you told me what you told me. Mm -hmm. I've been able to apply it. And so for you to catch them at that age, and I just commend you. You've done some phenomenal things. I'm going to familiarize
0: myself with all your work Mm -hmm. and what you do. But I cannot wait to hear from the young ladies who are going to say when I ask them, so how did you go about this path? They would right. say, oh, Mr. Field, thank you for that. Because there's so many people that give up when they see those dismissive faces. Right. And the neck rolling and the argumentative stuff. And, but when you stick with those kids in mm-hmm. those pivotal moments before they go into young adulthood, they really do absorb what you're saying, whether they show it or not. Mm-hmm. And they really do give back to you what you instill in them in so many
2: different ways. So I really do appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And some of the elders here um, in Detroit, Caribbean elders here, they, um, they're p- part of the process too, which is the coolest thing. Mm. So with the um, ancestor, Girls Ancestral Program that we do, we tap into the folks that have been here during the riots, mm-hmm. Caribbean people that were here, lived here during the riots, mm-hmm. um, folks that used to live in black bottoms, mm-hmm some of the ones that are now um, professors at universities and they did their schooling at Wayne State University to get involved in these young ladies' life. And there's this one lady, Sonia Harris. I don't know if you know Sonia. And Sonia used to work with, she was uh, a reception at um, Motown Mm -hmm. back in the day. So she knows all of the stars that used to come through there and she knows all their little funny backstories or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's a wonderful storyteller. So she was the first one that we invited to come talk to the girls because the first session was, um, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And it explains that she told her story to let them know who she is and why she is who she is and how happy she is that she's of Caribbean descent. Before you know it, she was so wrapped up in the program. She came and taught them how to hula hoop. <laughs> how to, and she's in her 70s. Mm-hmm. And how to play Dandy Shandy, which is a, a, a game that we play back home. Come to find out that's from Ghana. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of start connecting all these dots and then having these aha moments and touching base with, with somebody from Senegal named Sadie. And you find out some of the foods that you eat came from those areas. Mm-hmm. And what I did was, because um, I'm a, a cultural collision of cultures. Mm-hmm. Truly, I am. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I did a DNA test to find out because I didn't know anything past my great-grandmother.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I got the test back. And when I tell you, I was flabbergasted. So my, I know my grandfather's from China. He's from Hong Kong, from the Hakka tribe, I think it was. And um, so they were sent to the Caribbean as indentured servants once the slaves decided that they won't go work for free no more. <laughs> So they had to find somebody else to do the menial work. So the Chinese came and the Indians came, East Indians came, to build the railroads and and the roads and those kinds of things. And then, so that was like 32%. I'm like, it's only supposed to be 25. There's some weird stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. So there's a crapload of European. Um, Benin. I didn't even know where Benin was. Mm. It's a... West African country. Mm -hmm. So I had to do the research on that. Toga, Ghana. So I'm trying to figure out why the European side was so high, percentage was so high. So I was talking to my, you know, your parents don't want to tell you, sometimes they, you're asking too many questions. (laughs) So we're planning a family reunion. It's funny how God works. Mm -hmm. So we're planning a a virtual family reunion this year. So Mm -hmm. I was forcing them to have the conversation. So my mom tells me, "Um, you have to talk to your uncle because he's the oldest sibling. You have to talk to your uncle. He can tell you all those stories. I don't know anything. So I called Uncle Lance and I was asking Uncle Lance, come to find out that their father's father is a Canadian white man that was sent to Jamaica to work in the banking business, got with my great-grandmother, who was a black African woman, mm. had a child, and then went back to Canada. Mm. We don't know anything about them. Oh, wow. So that's where a lot of the European came from, is that side. But it's not that far in the past. Right. You know, so when you, when you talk about kind of figuring where you're from, you know, you can start with a DNA test. Mm-hmm. You know, and then kind of have... Conversations with whoever is left that will talk to you. Mm-hmm. Because once I talked to my uncle and he was telling me these things and so I was sharing the news with my mother, all of a sudden she has more stories to tell me. <laughs> but she didn't want to be the first yeah. up. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know, so yeah. it's
2: like her brother said, well, it's okay that you tell her. Yeah. So now everybody is talking to me.
1: Yeah. That's good. So. Wow. So also, is that, I, don't, I don't know, I ain't going to keep you here all day, but <laughs> Sophia had reached out. She reached out to me about wanting to um, find a, um, LGBT youth um, of Caribbean descent. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I put the word out to as many people that I, that, I, that I know that may know of someone. So, you know, people, if you do know of somebody an LGBT youth, um, the Caribbean community wants to embrace and support and love on them. And if they can get that, I'm telling you, because that's going to be good for somebody.
2: Yeah, because remember, we just created a whole committee just for that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we
2: tap into Sharon and TJ, and Mm -hmm. we've worked with Senator Levin Mm -hmm. to get, um, they were able to pass. um, There's actually a law that was passed with this past. Um, I think it was the end of the year, to assist Caribbean countries Mm -hmm. in building out programs for LGBTQ youth Mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. Because, unfortunately, my country is one of the countries that
1: do some horrible things. Because the the plan was for us to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my best friend it's her birthday. And and she was like, no. I said, yeah, I will. (laughs) She's like, it's not safe. I said, well, you know, I can... It's safe. Whatever the, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but...
2: No, we like, wouldn't put you in a situation. But I'm not, that but you, I, I'm yeah. not even...
1: I, I trust that you wouldn't. Yeah. But like I said, you're put in places to do things, you do it. Right. And you trust the process. Absolutely. So, you know, as much as, as highly as I'm not worried, and then she was like, and then we're going to go... I'm like, all right, cool, wherever we need to go, whatever we need to do. And I was just ready for it, and then COVID and happened. And then
2: COVID happened, yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm I'm excited, and then... I was watching Vice. What is that? That show on cable, one of them yeah. channels. And I, I, Obama was talking about Angeline. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow. And and her story is, is nuts. Yeah. And um, I looked her up on Facebook, and I sent her a friend request. And now we're Facebook friends, and then I connected her with Sophia yeah. because of the advocacy that she does over there, um, being LGBT and dealing with sexual assault in Jamaica, so... I'm I'm excited to do whatever it is we're going to do. I'll be glad when everything opens back up so we can do it. We're still
2: trying to bring them up. Hopefully, we'll see what happens this year for Pride. Mm -hmm. And we've built a relationship with um, JFLAG in Jamaica. So 2019 went down and took them some funds and hung out with them and, you know, celebrate them. And they're just doing phenomenal work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely phenomenal work. Yeah. And I ended up, um, the organization, one of them actually lives at the house with me now, um, two that came up as refugees, mm-hmm. asylees. Mm-hmm. So we're help working with them to get their papers, you know, because of the abuses back home, mm-hmm. that they came here for solace and for refuge. So we're working with two, two youth right now. So yeah. it's a hell of a journey, I, yeah. I tell you.
1: it would be the dopest thing to yeah. go there and really you know, just do what you can do. You'd be surprised. You know what I'm saying? We, I think we've all been in spaces where they're probably not going to listen. And then we say something. And then poof, it catches. And then, yeah. you know, change starts to happen. So I'm still excited to do it. Because um, I just want everybody to be okay. Yeah. You know. And I think when people are that cruel to people, it's because of fear. Or... It's because of some things you need to resolve within yourself. I said you know, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't tell like, my mom that, but I'm like, I, agree I don't know. I don't know why you hate gay people so bad, and absolutely. they ain't even paying you no attention. Yeah. Like, is this something you you need to uh you need to address some things, you know? Yes. But yeah, so I'm excited about it. And Sophia, when I was talking about her always being on flyers, because I'm sure this is going to air after this, but Sophia is being honored.
2: Oh yeah. thank you.
1: Yeah, see, look, look, all these, look, she. boom, right there, just just big wig, you know what I'm saying? But she's going to be honored. Centennial Virtual Celebration Honoring Warrior Women. I know it's Women's History Month coming up. You are indeed a warrior. I absolutely love you so much. I appreciate everything that you do. I soak up as much as I can. You are definitely a godsend, a walking angel. I learned so much from her.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. She is dope. <laughs> yeah. You
0: are very. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm just happy to have soaked up some of what you
2: dropped today. Oh, I thank you so much. And if you guys ever need any assistance getting into spaces that I am, um, just let me know and we can work it out. Or spaces that you think we should be in, because mm-hmm. you know we ain't got no problem knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we may have to kick them down sometimes, but that's yeah. okay too. Just yeah. wear the right shoes would be alright. <laughs> Yeah. No, definitely.
1: Um, You know, anything I can do, I'll I'll definitely let you know. Um, If people want to find out more information about the CCSC, what do they need to do?
2: So for CCSC, we have a Facebook page, Caribbean Community Service Center. You can follow um, some of the events that we're doing. We're doing this really cool Black History event called Diversity of the Caribbean. It's Mm -hmm. on March the 18th, which is a Thursday at 7 p.m. It's talking about um, Muslims mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. So that's a different spin. Mm-hmm. We have an, the author of the book, Far From Mecca, mm-hmm. Dr. Alicia Khan. Mm-hmm. She's from Guyana, mm-hmm. and she's a professor at University of Michigan. So she'll be presenting at that event, and it's a virtual event. Um, so you can follow us on um, Instagram. Instagram. Mm -hmm. at Caribbean Community, Mm -hmm. and our website is CaribbeanCommunitySC.org. You can also donate, we're a 501c3, Mm -hmm. so you can also donate to um, any of the programs that we're doing there. We work very close with the Black Immigrant Bail Funds Mm -hmm. for black immigrants that are picked up illegally by ICE Mm. and to assist them not only in getting bail, but also to ensure that you know, their families are taken care of and those kinds of things. So we work very closely with like-minded organizations to get to where we need to be because ain't nobody going to do it but us. That's true. Yeah. And then you can follow me on Facebook. I'm I'm very easy to find. My first name, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, middle initial L, last name Chu, Mm C-H-U-E. It is my last name. I'm not married to a Chinese man. (laughs) That's a last name that was given to me by my father. I get asked that question all the time. Yes, I'm (laughs) Afro-Asian. And then on IG, I'm SoloChu, S-O-L-O-C-H-U-E.
1: Yes, yes.
2: And I will make plans to cook for you. Yes, I want that snapper. No, I've seen you cook some other stuff I want. The snapper I can make myself. Some of that other stuff I see you cook with the asparagus. I'm like, you know what? I need to start, find out where she lives and show up every day I see these pictures.
1: That will happen. I'll make plans for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming again. We appreciate having you. Always a treat. I appreciate
2: you guys this yeah. time, man. This yeah. means a lot to me. Yeah. And I'm going to have to talk to you guys how to do podcasting too, because it's on my list for, if not 2021, <laughs> 2022, how to figure out how to do this. I mean, let me know. So you know, can I, I could You're state.
1: friends with Kari on Facebook. Kari Frazier? Yeah. So, Kari Frazier. This is Kari Frazier. Detroit oh, is different. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Kari is the man. Um, okay, cool. I came on Piper's podcast. Ah, got it. It was Piper and Mahogany. And um, I was in here, and I was like, I want a podcast, too. He was like, hit me up, let's talk.
2: Yeah, reach reached out to him. Yeah,
1: so that's how I did cool. it. And then we talked, and he liked what I had going on and my ideas. Mm-hmm. And poof, here we are.
2: Oh, fantastic, because we can use this for storytelling. Caribbean storytelling or yeah. black people's storytelling, because yeah. we got some serious stories out there to tell.
1: Yeah, I want to hear them. So. Sweet. Uh,
2: it's a pleasure being here. All Thank right. you guys so much. And thanks for breakfast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Cat's Meow. Listen out for some more episodes. Be safe.
0: Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit Is Different Podcast Network.